0: Folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ridamick. Bertha Will is a host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. At EverNorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that
1: benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com
0: wonder. Today, as usual, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Uh, First of all, let's start. Michael Rudnan recovering from COVID, mostly feeling better. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm glad you're starting to feel better. E2247 is in the house. Uh, Yvette Avery-Harrott, from atlanta georgia in the house michael rodden from brooklyn new york e2247 from todo america all over america uh yvette avery Heron, atlanta georgia paul fleming atlanta georgia uh we got bridge mcp Binghamton, new york upstate new york that is eric hayes from uh Atascacera, kingwood Paul Fleming, I called you out already. We have Melanie uh, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. We have Lee Grant from Montgomery County. Thank you guys all for being here. We're going to have a great show for you today. Anyway, 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 let's read the first thing that Radinde has out. Washington Post. Deputy scared by an acorn hitting his cruiser opens fire in street. I'm sure most of you have seen this video already about everyone's focus on the acorn or the triple barrel roll, but I'm focused on the double mag dump. Cops had no idea where their target was. Blind panic followed by contagious fire, missed every shot, firing without having eyes on your target is reckless endangerment this incident should result in a is a change to police policy don't fire unless you can clearly see your target also the guy in the back of the police car is probably going to have nightmares for the rest of his life his lawsuit against police department is likely to be successful no i haven't seen the video i guess i better get busy and start looking about seeing that video, but no, I have not seen the video yet, so I'm gonna be hunting I'm gonna be searching I'm gonna be looking for the video. let's see here I'm looking at uh everything streaming okay, everything seems to be streaming okay anyway anyway, let's get busy let's get busy continuing now uh, we have uh, Eric Hayes' prayers for the family of the first responders families in burnsville uh that were ambushed by. Uh, by a what is that ambush Ambushed by a what what does POC mean do you mean okay let me back up let me back up let me back up let me back up Eric I want you to explain what you're saying there please let me hear what you're saying are you saying POC for person of color I want to know I really want to know if that's what you're saying I want to get this straight in my head Ambushed by a POC. What does that mean? All right. So I'm going to let that hold, but I do want your response. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says, "I, I thought I was struck by the testimony of John C. Floyd III, the father of DA Fannie Willis. Mr. Floyd testified that Willis was forced to move out of the brand new home she bought with her own hard earned money because of the debt threats. Professor. Uh, You said one of six. So let me say the other one. Professor Katie Arnold is helping caseworkers and lawyers represent migrants with asylum applications and bring in uh, her students into the fold. We feel a sense of urgency. That's what's better. Paul, I thought this was a one in six that you're doing, but I guess not. On February 18, 2023, Jimmy Carter entered hospice care at his home. Since then, the former U.S. president has celebrated his 99th birthday and enjoyed tributes to his legacy. In mid-November, he lost his wife. 77 years. Rosalind who joined him briefly under hospice supervision. Now experts on end-of-life care says Carter's paths have shed hospice in a new light. I know The guy is a. I I have so much respect for. uh, I've got so much respect for the Carters, both the wife and the daddy, and 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 Jimmy Carter. Great, great, great people. All right, let's see what else. uh, Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Paul Fleming says, "No, I read that one already." Redden. Eric Hayes says, Rudnan, you ever had, ever been a cop?" Uh, rest my case. How about praise them for protecting instead of disrespecting them? Well, we praise them when they deserve praise. Uh, we call them out when they need to be called out. And as a black man, I'm going to just tell you straight up. I stay as far away from cops as possible, irrespective of the of the perceived race of the cops. Because your experience with cops, Eric, isn't my experience with cops, okay? And when people start to see things through the eyes of others, we will be better off as a country and we would force those who are prejudiced and racist to change. For that matter, Mr. Hayes, I would like you to uh, I want you to articulate why you put an exclamation prayers for families of the first responders, families in Burnswood that were ambushed by a POC. If you mean person of color, I am a POC. Do you hold that same disregard that you think you're holding for this person? Did you hold that same disregard for the person who shot up the Emmanuel church and killed nine people in cold blood? I just want to know because I'm getting a new sense of what of a disease portion of your mind. So I want to make sure I'm not coming to the wrong conclusion. I want to make sure of that before I before I actually say a bit more. So tell me what was the purpose of that sentence? I want to know it. If you if you're man enough to tell me what you really meant in that sentence, all right. Uh, let's see. Maywood says, "Good afternoon, everyone." Uh, let's see. Avq says, "Egberto, I hope you play the two police body cam video tomorrow. I look for it, brother. I didn't. I didn't know about it actually." Back to bed. All right, uh, Avq. But thanks for sticking around for at least hearing us. Give you a little salute. Melanie Keelan, how are you doing, beautiful? Paul Fleming says, Joaquin Castro, Governor Abbott's Abbott's tenure as governor of Texas has been marked by incompetence, corruption, and cruelty. Last night, I talked to Jim Acosta on CNN about the latest developments in Eagle Pass. Abbott is spending billions of dollars to militarize border cities for political show, while many of the people in Texas, to be blunt, 17% 17% of people in Texas are without health care. Those billions could go and do quite a bit to save lives, to save lives. Egberto Willis, video of Acorn Cop. I look for it. Thank you for pointing that out. Bridge. after the show, I'll go play that. All right, what else we got here? Eric, stay away. That Wait, stay away. That is everyone's stuff. Just let them do their jobs. Don't know what the hell you mean by that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, wrong conclusion. I need to know what you're talking about, Eric, because you're the one who put that exclamation next to POC. What exactly were you trying to convey with that message? What were you trying to convey? You seem to be obsessed with, 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 uh, with when, when there's criminality among POCs, but most criminality is not of POCs. So, oh, piece of crap. Okay. Piece of crap. I'm glad I didn't tell you what I thought was coming in my head, and that's why we shouldn't assume. Piece of crap. Glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. All right. Uh, you make me feel a lot better, I must say. All right. Let's continue. E2247 says, what can go wrong with this idiocy? Civil War 41224, upcoming adrenaline fuel action thriller is fractured U.S. balance in Razor Edge. Not sure what that means. All right. Paul Fleming says, D.A. Fanny Willis, the scripture they keep sending me is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. They did not say the weapon will not form. Just because they won't prosper, it doesn't mean they won't form. This is a real hard job I'm trying to do. If just every now and then you'll throw my name in a prayer, I would very much appreciate that. D.A. Willis accepted a Black History Achievement Award at Atlanta Baron Church. And she needs a lot more than just that award. She's going to come under fire because she's going after, in Eric terms, that piece of crap. All right. Uh, Paul Fleming says, according to a new poll, Donald Trump ranked as the worst president in our country's history. Joe Biden ranked as the 14th best. Happy President's Day. Amazing. Doesn't have a doubt because he instituted Modern monetary theory attached to Keynesian economics, which proved that we can solve poverty by using an economic system that is primed in humanity first. All right. Continuing, Continue. Alistair Water is in the house. Alistair is from Conroe, Texas. Uh, welcome aboard, Ari- Alistair. How are you doing? Beautiful. Mark Marsh is in the house. He says to address and kill your automatic assumption. I'll I'll just tell you that my wife is black. Okay, I wasn't speaking. Was I ever speaking to you, Mark Marsh, but that your wife is black? Good, good. My wife is black, too. But hey. When I was in college, I dated everybody and I had fun. We had fun. Never was race an issue with me again, with me, with me, with me, with me. All right. Uh yeah I I got it Alistair, all right. Uh let's see what else we got here. Hitting the road now, Alistair. You be safe on the road. And now we are going to go to the first video. As you know, Donald Trump lost in court over the weekend, and I was waiting for uh Leticia Letitia James to say what she said. So let's go ahead and play Letitia James. And then we'll take it on the other side. And in the meantime, if you guys have anything specific you want me to talk about, stick it into the into the thread. Here we go. Letitia James did not pull any punches. She is the attorney who prosecuted the state attorney for New York, who uh, prosecuted Donald Trump for his thievery, for his thuggishness in the financial sector in New York. And she made it clear whether you're president of the United States or otherwise, you will pay for your malfeasance. And yes, he's going to pay for his malfeasance to the order of over a half a billion dollars for having ripped off New York and bankers for so many years. Listen to what she had to say. Then we'll take it on the other side.
2: I want to be clear. White collar financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people, small businesses, and families. And everyday Americans cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a mortgage to buy a home or a loan to keep their business afloat or to send their child to college. And if they did, I want to thank the entire incredible and hardworking team in my office that tried this case. Because the scale and the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so too is his ego. And his belief that the rules do not apply to him. Today, we are holding Donald Trump accountable. We are holding him accountable for lying cheating, and a lack of contrition, and for flouting the rules that all of us must play by, because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country, and former presidents are no exception. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy, that the rule of law applies to all of us equally fairly and justly thank you
0: so yeah um yeah so i i wanted you guys to see that and i didn't play my my following narrative but i want uh, eric you know eric puts out a narrative that the right wing wants to put out and i think it's important that i answer that right and the reason i want to answer that is because for too long We hear all these stories. We're always protecting the criminality of Trump and his class and the people of his ilk. Eric Hayes says no victims and banks were paid, right? The second part is right. The bank got paid. Mm -hmm. Whether there were victims, there were absolute victims. And let me put it into the perfect perspective. That bank, if it was known, that Donald Trump did not have the asset values to cover the loans that he received. Two things would have happened. He would have had to pay a higher interest rate, which means that bank would have had more liquid assets, liquid funds to fund other companies. But because Donald Trump didn't pay his share of what his interest rate was really due based on his asset values. Other people got cheated. But, you know, because it was a fraud, those people that got cheated don't even know it. Now, let's continue. Let's go even deeper. Donald Trump got a loan, and the value of his loan was based on being collateralized by the assets that he has. If he charges, if he claim his assets are worth more, it means that that bank would lend Donald Trump more money on assets of, of value less than what it's really worth. And how does that affect other people? It means then that those who are honest that bank has a finite number of dollars to lend and it's create and the amount of money that can be expended in the banking supply is determined by a factor known as a demand deposit i would have thought you would know this my brother eric hayes but anyway it, uh, the demand deposit kind of reduces how much how money is loan can be circulated but we won't go there but because he could borrow more money than his assets could collateralize, what it means is other developers who would have been able to get loan based on their honesty could not. And why will they not? Because there wasn't the money to loan them. The bank would have already exhausted what they could lend to a thug, to a thief, to a fraudster like Donald Trump. So Donald Trump likely hindered many from having gotten a loan they otherwise would have gotten to then promote their business. So the lie that it's a victimless crime is just that a lie. And that the, the mainstream media simply didn't doesn't come out and explain the actual the actual people that got harmed based on that bank not having the liquid assets to loan. It's sad That the mainstream media isn't telling people so that it allows Eric, an accountant, to make a rather silly statement that says there were no victims. There were likely thousands of victims over the decades that Donald Trump lied about his asset values because, again, he took money he didn't deserve that others couldn't get because they did it right. Again, there were victims, there were victims, and he took shares of the economy that he rightfully did not own. He took it fraudulently, and that's a statement of fact. It is important, folks, that we don't, again, the mainstream media isn't going to go through in detail and tell you all these things, but that is exactly what happened, okay? Paul Fleming says, lost in the ugly rhetoric is the fact that our economy benefits tremendously from immigrants. The nonpartisan CBO reports that 2023 to 2034, GDP will be greater by $7 trillion uh, and revenues will be greater than $1 trillion than they would have been otherwise because of immigrants. We knew that. But it's even deeper than that, Paul Fleming. Our social security system is dependent on many illegal, where am I saying illegal, many undocumented immigrants that are paying into the social security system that will never, ever be able to extract what they put in. So it's a net gain for the social security system. Do they ever tell you that? No, they don't. No, they don't. They they don't tell you any of that. All right, let's 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 continue. Breach MCP says, banks looked at statement Trump or gave them. Yep. All right, Paul Fleming says a Native American tribe is building a one billion dollar solar farm in Colorado. For reference, that's approximately three percent of the added capacity in 2023 in the entire U.S. It is also expected to create up to a thousand construction jobs and ten to fifty full-time jobs and revenue for the tribe. Wonderful news! All right, uh, hey Paul, when you get stuff like that, put a link in there so that I can actually go skirt it. That's that's a good that's a good good piece there that I'd love to kind of do a little bit more research on. All right, let's see what else, what else, what else, what else. Bridge MCP says when it is reported, ex defiantly did something. Someone here has to bring up. Uh, we are not talking about others. Focus. Can we even do that? Admit he did wrong. Of course he did wrong. And again, Bridge. That's why I don't, I don't entertain others. Do it. I'm not even doing the uh, tit for tat. I just want to inform people of the truth. Was Donald Trump uh, uh, stealing? A victimless crime because he paid the fraudulent loan back? No, it was not a victimless crime. He took more out of the economy because he was able to get a loan on false premises. Let me personalize this now because it's important. And I, I mentioned this in my book. And by the way, guess what is shipping now? My book. Let me see if I can get a screen here. My new book is out tribulations of an Afro Latino Caribbean man. And it says racism didn't stop my smile, hope or journey forward. My new book, you can go to Amazon and get it, or you can just go, you know, I'll, I'll put a link to it sometime later. I'm going to send out, uh, I'll, I'm going to send out the mailer. but my new book is shipping. finally got it in hard copy after some hard, hard work. So, Here's the deal, folks. I want to tell you this. Uh, when I'm going to tell you a little story because, you know, he thinks there's no victimless crime. I mean, that somehow Trump's crime was victimless. When I started Willie's Computer Software Company, that was the name of my, or that is the name, but I, it's just on sort of hiatus, not doing anything. Willie's Computer Software Company. I went to a bank with a friend, white guy, good friend of mine. Unfortunately, he was on Coke. And any everybody who knew him knew that he was on Coke. All right. So we both went to the same bank. It was it was it was a flavor of Bank of America that it well actually Bank of America absorbed it. It started out as something called um uh uh University Bank and then it moved on, moved on till eventually it became Bank of America. But at the time that I went there, I think it was called Nation, not Nations Bank, some other bank, I don't remember what it's called, but anyway, went for the loan. And I I went in there and they told me, uh, do you have ass Do you have collateral? I'm like, no. That's why I need the loan. It was a startup company, Willis Computer software company, and they said, ah, well, you know, we can't uh, help you out. It doesn't even make sense for you to fill out the form. So I left there dejected. I didn't. Even, they, they said you can fill out the form, but hey, you know, it's going to be to no to no use for you to fill out the form. Okay, fine. Uh, My buddy on Coke, he goes in there and you can, like I said, the way he messes with his nose, you knew he was on something, right? And he was in the same position, but he was selling a card. Those were the days when they had long distance cards. So he went and took out the loan for long distance cards, right? And when he did, uh, they made him fill out the form and he got all, both of us were going for a $40,000 small business loan. He got the loan. No collateral, no nothing. He got the loan. I got hold in a bag. So years, several months, I don't think it was years, uh, Willie's computer software started to take off and I had accumulated X amount of dollars in the bank. And I called up the bank and I said, you know, I'm, I need to apply for the loan. And I got the same kind of runaround. And I said, no, I, I, have, I had the asset to prove it and the Portfolio to prove it then, and I told them that they needed to come to my home office to get all the paperwork filled out i mean i I think I relayed the story in the book, but the reason the re- the reason i 'm bringing that up is just like Donald Trump cheated the system, my company was built on credit card loans on the order of 21 percent. My white brother who got that $40,000 loan, he was able to build his company on like a 6% loan. I paid a premium to build a successful company. He got a break, right? Again, that is how the fraud within this system works. It looks like it's not fraud. Well, so what? You didn't get the loan. No, it's fraud. It is fraud. this was a banking fraud on me. uh Donald Trump was a banking fraud on all of us. I hope we realize that anyhow, um anyhow, 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 so yeah folks, I, I have a lot of these stories, and i have in my life I've gone through a lot of these stories, you know, I mean, I have them like titled uh you know i I give some of them some interesting titles, right? I mean, I have one called. My first um, uh, had one called the windows were reserved for senior engineers until they realized I was a senior. I have another story called I was valued for the job, but not the title afforded others till they were blatantly discovered. Not the title, the disregard of my reasoned technical input for that of an inexperienced peer was the norm. Another one, our Chinese customer acknowledged my worth only after seeing my software in the system that they bought. I mean, I have some stories that will blow your mind when anybody tells you, oh, there isn't racism. There isn't this. As a professional, as a professional software developer and business owner, never got the perks that Donald Trump got. Still made it. But Donald Trump and guys like Donald Trump, they made it with the silver spoon in their mouth. The Bill Gates of the world, if you want to know why I have so little regard from, for a lot of these billionaires is, again, it's not envy at all. It's about what those of us who have to work to get it and those who didn't all so much. You know, I remember when Bill Gates, when uh, Hal P.C., I'm going on a rant here, guys, and I'm going to continue with the program, but I'm just going on a rant here. Hal PC was a computer group in Texas. A lot of computer programmers, we all met at Hal PC. It was a Houston area league of uh, something, personal computers or something like that. And all of us who were geeks and writing software would get together. And this was, was before Microsoft Windows. And this was where we all of us would write software and put it on CompuServe, bulletin boards, or put it on Usenet or these other networks, right? And Bill Gates came out with a letter. I don't remember what year it was. He said, software is not supposed to be free. We build it, all that good stuff he talked about. And everybody, there, there are two camps. There are the camps that wanted to keep all this stuff in the public domain free flowing because, you know, we looked at software as, Hey, we write software. We, you know, in those days you write a piece of software that does something magical and you wanted everybody to see it and you post it on Usenet or you post it on CompuServe, right? And other people use your stuff and you got pleasure in other people using your stuff. When I developed ComDRV, my communication program, I initially developed it and just threw it out there, right? Now, When Bill Gates wrote that letter, open source, exactly. When Bill Gates wrote that letter, there were two camps starting to form. Those, everything had to be charged, et cetera. I eventually had two versions of all my software, a free version and one with perks for people to, to, um, to pay a premium for. But, you know, for all those that were talking about, all of this stuff should cost, right? You get somebody like Bill Gates and everybody revere Bill Gates. And look, Bill Gates... With his wealth, he wants to do good, but he wants to do good his way. It's his money, and he is going to decide how that good is going to be performed. Why don't I have a lot of respect for that? Let me explain. I remember when MS-DAS was coming to the fold. Bill Gates went to to Washington and bought a piece of software because he had the money to $50,000, I think it was at that time. to to buy all the rights for that software and then not sell it to IBM, license it to IBM. Bill Gates is not the best programmer out there. I used to look at the guy's code, right? Remember all of us was in this game together. We're, you know, all, all of us were in Usenet and all this kind of stuff. And he was not like a premier coder or anything like that. You should see some of his basic source code. And notice what I said, basic in those days we were programming in basic and but he went the financial route and he made a kill and made billions. And then all the peons that develop all these types of software eventually work for him. Now I sit back and I said, Well, who really is the one that's producing all this stuff? You know? Neither Bill Gates nor Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, you know, you remember when the the Apple came out, oh, we have a mouse, and you point to do things, and everybody talk about this being Steve Jobs, not realizing it was a group of engineers at a project at Xerox that came up with all these ideas. Then these guys take it and patent it. Because, again, it was open source in the public domain. So, it's important for all of you guys to understand this none of what i'm talking about is either greed envy or anything like that there are time there are many times with my software if i didn't have this ridiculous guilt of that i have of you know that i could partake in this capitalist crap right but i never did because it just never felt right to build on somebody else's to, to profit on somebody else's back as opposed to the share. I guess it's how you grow up, you know. It's how you grow up. But anyway, so I, I I do that in the context of Donald Trump. All these wealthy people that we revere—they're completely undeserving. If a wealthy person tells you that their station in life is earned, ask all the people who are making that possible for them what inherently in directing people makes them inherently worth that and a lot of the stories in my new book and like i said it's shipping now tribulations of an afro latino caribbean man racism did not stop my what again did not stop did not stop my smile hope or journey forward check it out at Look up Egberto Willis. All my books are there at Amazon. Check out the book, help us continue to do the work that we're doing. All right, we got a new video to show. This one has to do with uh, the the the, Shalamor, Shala, Shalam, the God, what he had to say on this week yesterday. I think it's important, and I think people need to take heed to it. Uh, what he had to say was very pragmatic we got appeared on this week and he, he was very pragmatic. He's not a Joe Biden fan. He definitely is not a Trump fan. Uh, the radio host, uh, became, was very clear. Yes, the Biden is in, uninspiring, but he understands that we are in a critical situation. He makes notions of, uh, maybe sometimes calling wolf when the wolf need not have been called. But I want you to listen to this because I think he articulates the dilemma that the, not just Democrats, but that the entire country finds itself in right now, especially because of the nature of a pseudo populist like Donald Trump, who for some reason, is able to garner the support of a particular sect in this country. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side.
1: I saw you describe this campaign that we're headed into as a race between the cowards, the crooks, and the couch. The
3: crooks are the Republicans. The cowards are the Democrats because they don't fight hard enough on anything. And, you know, the couch is voter apathy. That's who everybody is up against in 2024. Right now, it feels like the couch is going to win. I don't know who that benefits, you know, by the couch winning, but it feels like the couch is going to win.
1: What's your sense? How engaged, how much is your audience paying attention to this race? My
3: audience is America. And when when I'm out and about, just, you know, walk. Walking in the street, uh, people are calling into the radio station. Nobody is inspired by the upcoming election. Nobody wants to see the rematch between Biden and Trump. And that's what makes me feel like the couch is going to win. Why? This is the first time in my life when people say things like person is a threat to democracy. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. And it's mind boggling to me that, you know, nobody is taking it as serious as I feel like they should. Like we watched an attempted coup of this country happen on January 6th and everybody's acting like it was just a- bunch of people, you know, while in that spring break, you know, down in Florida. Yeah. Like we literally watched, you know, people try to overthrow the government because they didn't like the results of an election led by a, a former, you know, president. If that doesn't cause a sense of urgency in people,
1: I don't know what will. Biden does make that an issue over and over again. I mean, he constantly talks about
3: that. Why is it not resonating? Well, he's, a, he's just an uninspiring candidate. Like, you know, there's nothing about, you know, Joe Biden that makes you want to listen to him. That's why he should be leaning on his vice president, Kamala Harris, who's way more charismatic than him. He should be leaning on, you know, other surrogates like Gavin Newsom or, you know, Shapiro in in Pennsylvania. Like, he should be leaning on people who are more inspiring than him, who are more charismatic than him, and he should just be, I guess, if you want to call it the brains of the operation behind the scenes. Like, that sounds crazy that we're saying that about a president of the United States of America, but he has no main character energies at all. None and what is that is that age is it the way
1: he is I mean why, why do you what, what's the problem I
3: don't think it has anything to do with age you know I think it has just everything to do with with him like Donald Trump is what four years three years younger than President Biden but he just comes off a lot more youthful he comes off you know like he has a lot more energy and I always say this about them Donald Trump seems more sincere about his lies than Joe Biden does about his truth well do you get blowback from
1: the White House because you even now in this conversation very very tough on Biden. So when you when you say
3: something critical, do you hear from him? Yeah, and I think that's a stupid <laughs> <devil>. <laughs> because I feel like you should be able to criticize whoever your elected official is, right? Yeah. And and even if I do criticize them, I'm criticizing them because of what I see coming up in November. I see what we're facing. So what I'm saying to them is, where is the sense of urgency? You can't keep saying that there's a, a threat to democracy, and democracy as we know it is going to be, be, be gone, but not act like it. And and the other problem is they've always done this with every single Republican candidate. Since I've been alive, whoever the Republican presidential candidate has been, they've demonized. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's John McCain. It doesn't matter if it was, you know, Mitt Romney. It doesn't matter who it is. They will will demonize the Republican candidate. And now that there's an actual legitimate threat right there in our faces, they're like the party who cried wolf. Nobody believes them. Do you think Trump's going to win? I don't know, but that's what's scary about it, right? Because when you look at everything... Is done. Attempted coup of this country, put the Supreme Court judges on who got rid of Roe v. Wade, takes credit, says, I, I am the one who got rid of Roe v. Wade. Me, I did that. When you see all of that, it really shouldn't be close, right? But when you have a candidate like President Biden, who the polls are, you know, saying has the lowest approval rating ever, and you know, he'd lose to a general election in a Trump, and that's scary. That's where these conversations are coming from, where they're like, yo, you might need to step aside and put somebody else in there. Because, you know, my fear is that the election is going to be close, right? You've got a very powerful voice. You've got you know incredibly
1: influential show. Uh, You've got an audience that Democrats especially crave, and obviously Nikki Haley coming on, uh, Republicans as well. Are you going to be using that voice to try to
3: affect this election? I'm going to tell people exactly what I'm seeing. I'm not going to endorse anybody, but I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is democracy really on the brink. I would tell my listeners exactly what I'm about to say right now. For years, they've told us that these people are threats to democracy. This person is absolutely a threat to
1: democracy. That sounds like an endorsement. I mean, it sounds like you're saying endorse not Donald Trump, which, as you
3: said, it's going to be Biden. Yeah, I don't think that's an endorsement. You know, I'm just simply telling people what is going on out there because I'm going I'm to speak the truth about Democrats, too, because I feel like if you lie to people about Democrats, they won't believe you when you tell them the truth about yeah. Republicans. So if I lie to people about what I see with Joe Biden, they're not going to believe me when I tell them the truth about what I see with Donald Trump. So all you got to do at this point, and I hate to say this, but why do we keep having to say this? Pick your poison. One poison might send you to the hospital for a couple of days. Yeah. The other one's going to absolutely kill I mean, he nails it. And there's one little passage
0: in there that I think people need to uh, get when he talks about Donald Trump is much better at telling his lies than Biden and his courts are at telling the truth, a truth that is good for them, but somehow they seed the energy of articulating how things are. They seed that energy to Donald Trump, and when he talks about the fight not in where is the fight, he's accurate. Uh, it seems like the fight just ain't hard enough. We got time to make the change, but we better do it. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, he wants to do his part. We all need to do our part. We Definitely all need to do our part, folks. Anyway, 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 anyway. Um, last night, who watched 60 Minutes? Uh, 60 Minutes was very disconcerting. First of all, first of all, on 60 Minutes, we found out how corrupt the uh, alternate slate of electors was when you see even Republicans uh, that were a part of that scheme come out and say, oh, my God, we were misled. Oh, my God. Yeah, they really tried to do a coup. They really attempted a coup. That is sad. That is sad. Um, Bruce, I mean, as far as a weak VP, I think you need to study uh, her relative to Trump, study her relative to many of our presidents. I mean, um, people automatically say things like that, right? Study her next to George W. Bush, number one. Study what she did in New York as an attorney general, the strength that she showed towards the corporations and the things that she did, the the, the stamina and the spine that she showed, and then compare that with absolutely anything George W. Bush did. The reason I'm bringing this up is that uh, for some women, so for some reason, black women are judged on a different standard. I ask again, go ahead and do some research on her performance as an attorney general of the largest state in the country. Don't get fooled with what they, how they uh, positioned her in the Biden administration, you know, uh, people get maligned quite often. People get uh pushed to the side that 's why everybody needs to read this book uh let me tell you i 've gone through all the doubting uh it, it, at in my jobs in corporate america and i'm I really i'm not going to pat myself on the back here, but I really want to say it I was very good at what I did, both in software engineering and otherwise, but I was always and I mean in the five corporate jobs that I had, I was always marginalized and when I say marginalized, I mean uh, it was so very obvious. I have some stories in here that will blow your mind making the, creating a product that saved the company hundreds of thousands of dollars in my short time there but When it was time to let folks know about how is it that you guys were going to have to invest all this money and somehow this guy comes along and say, oh, no, the hardware that you have, we can make it work. And you don't have to go through all the testing with the federal government. You don't have to do any of that. But you can't go to our customer who are the ones paying the bill who you saved hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions uh so when it comes to the, uh our vp being weak uh there are a group of us that generally gets marginalized I, I, the thing is how do you deal with it in my case i worked for corporate america for 5 years and then i went completely on my own unfortunately when it comes to capitalism and doing the business thing i just couldn't get into to that and henceforth with the con- country that needed a lot of change i decided to do this so i i went from having a company to do this so hey, that's just how it is guys that's how just how it is but anyhow so who saw who saw the show yesterday it was amazing but that's not the story that got me the story that got me was when their host was on a military ship in the Red Sea. And as you know, right now, the Houthis are sending over all kinds of drones, Iranian-made drones, $10,000 drones that are going into ships, et cetera. I think there are so far about 40-something ships that they try to attack. And for each of those drones to get them out of the air, we are shooting off a missile to do the job. But whereas Iran is building these drones, intelligent drones, for $10,000, we, the great American people, the great American taxpayers, are paying $4 million for each missile. I repeat, $4 million for each missiles. Look, like I told you, all these kinds of software that runs these missiles and control this stuff, right? Uh, there, there, there are certain things to an interceptor, right? There is the math. In other words, if you're, if you're going to intercept something, there are mathematical equations. I mean, I had to do them when we did orbital mechanics and all that kind of stuff, but I forget all of that, to be honest with you. There are mathematical equations. There is software that has the feedback control to the rockets, right? In other words, if I send a missile out there, I have software in that missiles out of a CP, a, a central processing unit that goes ahead and control those engines to tell it where to go, how to go based on what the radar information coming to the missile tells it. There are two different ways, right? The radar information is either going to the missile or going to the computer in the ship who then directs the missile. I don't know how it works. That's probably classified. But one or the other. But we write that kind of software, back control and feedback uh, software. Look, this stuff is written once, right? And not only written once, but after you get the all the technical stuff, yeah, you have time to take the bugs out, etc. But the fact that after we put the initial investment into all these technologies. That we then go to our supplier and constantly pay them four million dollars a pop for these missiles. Uh, it's it's the height of immorality to the people of the United States. And what do I mean by that? Paying four million to the United States when they're homeless people. I mean, to the, for a missile when they're homeless people on the streets paying 4 million dollars for a rocket when you have poverty and people can't afford to put their kids into these schools it tells you the money is there but you're paying 4 million dollars for a missile where most of that is profit i'm not that's not a question that is not a question i guarantee you the raw material And the technology to mass produce these missiles doesn't give a final price of a $4 million per missile. But that's what we're paying for it. And we call the common thief a thief. And we look at those people robbing a 7-Eleven as thugs. You know, who are the thugs around here? Who are the ones bleeding us dry around here? And that is the psychology that I want to change in America. That is a psychology I want us to realize that the reason we are so hoodwinked is that we fall for all the crap that they tell us. We, make, we, can, look at a, we can look at a drug that costs $5,000 a month. There is a new drug, Floxin, uh, that was released that the FDA approved today. It's going to cost five thousand dollars a month for people who have peanut allergies so we give them that drug five thousand dollars a month that is sixty thousand dollars a year more than some people make an entire year that is more money than some people make so if they don't have insurance they just do without it right can you not see the inhumanity of our economic system those drugs don't cost five thousand dollars. Bernie Sanders did the piece a few days ago that I played where it costs thirteen dollars for something they're selling for over a hundred thousand dollars that 's our economic system, whatever the market would bear, and whatever you can know somebody to speak most of my contention is that most people cannot believe that this is what's happening. And because they can't believe or they don't know that this is what's happening, they tolerate it. They tolerate this, this th- what I call the aberration in capitalism. They tolerate it because they don't understand that it is legalized theft. Very few people understand this to be legalized theft. And unfortunately, Many of the people that are protecting this system, that are defending this system, that would like to have my head on a platter for saying these things. The system is hurting them just as much as it's hurting you, you, and you. What do we do? What do we do? We keep informing and informing. And for those who don't want to accept that they're being hoodwinked, For those who don't want to accept that they are being snowed, we just move on. We disregard them and we keep moving forward to make the changes that need to be made to our economy. Those big guys with the billions, they don't have any power. When people get together, the power they have today is to knock off people. Like, if they start to see people gaining power, you'll have a whole lot of targeted hits on people by the wealthy class giving monies to the hit person or whatever. But we can mitigate that. If we decentralize knowledge as we are doing right now, they can knock off a few of us. But ultimately, the people will continue to be informed. folks. We have to get smart. Anyway, I hope I hope you liked what we spoke about today. I hope you drop me a line at uh, info at politicsdoneright.com. Let me know if, if these are the, th- let me know if this is sinking in. Let me know if you agree, you disagree. Drop me a line. Sometimes I read them out. Sometimes I blog about them. It is It is what we do. So please remember. Give us a, you know, either give us a call sometime, 712 823 7747 Drop me a line at info at Now that we're coming to the end of the show, I need to do my ask. And here comes my ask. Uh, please go ahead and support the program. How can you support the program? You can support the program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support. And I'm going to put that into the stream right now. You can go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. And I'm looking for that link right now. Here we go. politicsdoneright.com slash support. Now, remember that I said I have my new book is out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the link to my books and you should see That in the list, I believe. I let me go ahead and make sure that that set of books are in that that the new book is in the list of books. And guess what? It is in the list right now. So here we go, folks. Let me go ahead and put that on the screen. Let me go ahead and put that on the screen. Then my new book is shipping. It's called Tribulations of an Afro-Latino-Caribbean Man. Racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. Please. Consider getting a copy. By getting a copy, you allow you you help. It's one of the ways that you allow us to continue doing this. And you hear a lot of the stories that I tell. You know, a lot of people just think. A lot of us talk through our butts, especially people of color. That ah, because my white brothers and sisters on this feed are not racist. That somehow your peers cannot be. That I have many of you here right now love you to death. You are the pillars of the community, but realize that you are not my only friends. You are not my only white brothers and sisters. You, the ones that are, that are, uh, that are out there that are real human beings that are, that care about people. We still have to live in the rest of the world. Check out my book and, and get it. It's, I, I promise you, You're going to read some of those stories and you're going to be like, oh, wow, I never, ever thought about that. I never, ever thought about that. Again, the title of the book is Tribulations of an Afro Latino Caribbean Man. Racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. But you know what's sad? Sometimes it does stop people from moving forward. I was blessed. I had great parents, both my mother and father. I love them to death. My father is no longer with us. That I, I, I will never get over the loss of my father ever. My father so believed in me. And one of the reasons I created a successful business. And I told my wife, remember, that the business had to be successful because when I left NASA, and uh, and many people were, are you crazy? My father said, "Man, you work for the man; you can work for yourself." He was my biggest, biggest cheerleader. Well, my wife was my cheerleader too, uh, but biggest cheerleader. And um, so I knew I had, to, I knew I had to make it. I knew, but that book. Like I said, I could keep the smile, I could keep the hope, I could keep the journey forward because of how I was reared. But not everyone is lucky to have had a stone, strong-headed dad and a stone, strong-headed mom to raise them, to let them know, to let you know, you were better than no one, and no one is better than you are. And that's how I grew up my entire life. So when I came to the United States and they shouted things in my, the things that I heard in Brenham, Texas, like I mentioned in the book, didn't matter to me. I knew who I was, always did. Again, the new book, Tribulations of an Afro-Latino Caribbean Man. Por favor, please go to, uh, to to the Amazon. And pick it up. You can get it either as a book or a Kindle. I haven't. I'm working on the um, on the the voice one. I'm doing it myself, so it's going to take me a little while. So please check it out. And I'm going to put the direct link of the book. Let me go ahead and put the direct link of the book in the. Um, let's see if I can do that right now. I'm going to put the direct link of the book in the chat. And you can get it right there. There's the direct link of the book. Anyway, got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Unright. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!